My name is Scott Nye, and this is Talking Radical Radio. Hello and welcome to Talking Radical Radio, where we bring you grassroots voices from across Canada. We give participants in a wide range of social change work a chance to take a longer view as they talk about what they do, how they do it, and why they do it. On this week's show, I will be interviewing Noah Edelman of the Montreal Child Care Collective. Making our households, our families, our friendship networks, and our communities function takes immense amounts of work, work that is often unpaid, that is disproportionately done by women, and that mostly is not even recognized as work or even as important at all. One essential element of that work is care for others, notably children. The disregard for and devaluing of this care work, something that permeates mainstream society, is often no less present in social movement spaces. This, in turn, shapes who can and can't participate actively in movements, and how they can, and largely determines the ways in which this kind of work happens in and around movements. It even plays a major role in what gets seen as real political work, whatever that means, and what does not. The Montreal Child Care Collective is a group of people in Montreal committed to making caring for children an inherent part of our movements. They recognize it as a collective responsibility and as work that must be shared in order to make our movements fair, fully participatory, sustainable, and genuinely radical. Noah Edelman talks about the group and its work and some of the politics of care work as they pertain to radical social movements in Montreal and beyond. I spoke with Edelman by phone from Montreal. My name is Noah. I've been involved with the Child Care Collective here in Montreal for the past three or four years. I have been hanging out with and taking care of kids most of my life. I really like hanging out with kids, and I had a couple friends who were part of the collective. I initially got involved just volunteering at events when I would see an email or a friend would say, hey, we need child care for this event, can you help out? And after doing that for a while, I joined the collective. And the Child Care Collective is a grassroots child care group that started initially in 2004 and then sort of again in 2006 and then sort of again in 2009. The idea is to have a working collective of folks who help organize and bottom line child care for different events and folks in different parts of the Montreal community. My understanding is that when it was initially formed, it was I think just mostly in response to the lack of available childcare at events and demonstrations and stuff. And so people who had experience doing childcare, who liked hanging out with kids, got together and formed the collective. And then another thing that really spurred kind of like the solidifying of the collective was an event that happens here every year called the Status for All March, which usually happens in May. And it's a a march and a demonstration that happens uh, with the main message that no one is illegal and, and everyone should be allowed to migrate and whatever. It's a pretty huge event and I think the first year that it happened or one of the first years was a time when the, the collective like, further solidified in response to like, providing child care at that event. I mean, I think child care is on par with any other thing that would get organized as part of an event or a community event or anything like that. I think it's a question of like accessibility in a broader sense and just making sure that people who want to be at an event or participate in some kind of community 
event or community in general, like, can assume that there will be people who can also look after their kids. I think it's a really important part of building community and, and having spaces where kids can get to know other grown-ups or folks who are slightly older than them and get a chance to kind of, like, interact and do their own thing and be their own people while getting to be in a space where people will take care of them and watch out for them. Walk me through the organizing process. Say there's some sort of big event coming up, the book fair or the Status for All March. What does your group do in the lead-up to fulfill your role around the childcare stuff? Maybe I can do two examples because the book fair is sort of an exceptional thing because the book fair is kind of the biggest thing we do every year. So for the Anarchist Book Fair, we usually start planning months in advance. And the way that we've worked in the past several years, which has worked out quite well, is that we've planned what we call the kid zone, which is the childcare part of the book fair. And we've planned activities and also the kids area itself in collaboration with members of the book fair collective. So there's been folks from both sides who know a bit more about the childcare side of things and know who a bit more about the book fair side of things. And that's worked quite well. And so we plan not only activities, different years have had different things, like a, a puppet show or mask making. This year we made a giant blanket for it, and that was great. And then also just a space where kids and their parents or caregivers or whoever can just hang out and have people look after them. So we have to plan that stuff. We send a call out to recruit volunteers. We make a schedule for volunteers, things like that, organize like snacks and food and these kind of things. So the book fair is definitely, I would say, the biggest event that we do each year. When it's a bit of a smaller event, what usually happens is we'll get an email to the Child Care Collective email asking for child care at a given event. And often the organizers will say something like, we expect there to be between three and five kids, or we're not sure if any kids would show up, but it would be great to have someone there just in case, this kind of thing. And then we'll send an email to both the internal collective email, which is the members of the collective, as well as our wider volunteer list, and see if anyone's willing to bottom line for whatever event it is. Who, in general terms, is part of the Child Care Collective? Right now, and my understanding is for most of the history of the collective, it is folks who don't have kids, men who aren't full-time or even part-time responsible for kids. And mostly it's folks between 20 and 30 years old. Apart from that, I would say a lot of different things. Very, I guess most of us right now are Anglophone, and that's tended to be the case. A lot of folks have gone to university at some point or have graduated from university, but again, not always the case. It tends to shift every few years, especially because Montreal, there is a tendency here for people to leave the city every few years. I think right now, there's none of us who have formal training. A lot of us have a lot of experience like working in both paid and non-paid capacity, so most of us on the collective right now have been camp counselors, for example, or have worked in a daycare or at a school or an after-school program in some capacity, but as far as I know, nobody on the collective right now has gone to a, like a university or a SEJAP or college program to work with kids. How would you describe the group's philosophy when it comes to figuring out uh, what to do with the kids during events? I think to the best of our collective abilities and understandings, we try to operate from a place of, first of all, respect for the kids that we're hanging out with, so really trying to get away from this talking down, patronizing attitude towards kids. 
really trying to respect kids' autonomy and, and take our cues from the kids. I mean, insofar as, you know, something doesn't, doesn't pose a serious safety concern, but I think when we're planning activities, we'll often ask kids that often come to events, or we'll ask, we try and have honest and open conversations about things that come up at events or, or even during games we're playing. So, you know, it's happened before that kids have started a game of almost cops and robbers kind of thing. And so we've sort of like had conversations about, okay, well, what's jail about? And what do you guys think about that? And, and let's talk about this a little bit kind of thing. We tend to approach things in general from a anti-capitalist perspective, whatever that means. I mean, it means a lot of things, but I think just trying to kind of like challenge ourselves to think about conventional things about kids and caring for kids differently and also invite open conversations and challenge kids' assumptions in ways that are that are so respectful. There's a lot of kids who often come to events who have sort of grown up or are in the process of growing up surrounded by their community, but in a, in a very involved way. So kids who have grown up in collective houses or kids who are pretty used to the idea of collective living and being part of a community in a very day-to-day way, which is not the experience of many of the people on the child care collective. I think a lot of the people that I know, at least. And so it's really interesting, and I've learned a lot from just the way that I've seen kids relate to grown-ups or adults that they don't necessarily know, and kind of this thing of how I think conventionally kids are sort of taught this idea of stranger danger, like don't ever talk to someone you don't know kind of thing, and, and it's interesting to see the ways in which that gets interpreted or kind of reinterpreted in the kind of context that we're doing childcare at, at events and stuff, so kids who are basically operating under an assumption of, oh, well, my parent or my caregiver has vouched for this adult, so it's okay for me to hang out with them kind of thing versus like, I don't know you, I can't talk to you. I asked Edelman about the strengths and the potential weaknesses of having responsibility for childcare concentrated in a collective dedicated to that particular task. I think one thing right off the bat is that it makes it that much more likely that folks organizing an event will have childcare or will take action to see if it they can have childcare at the event because I think given that there's an established collective and a lot of different groups, at least within certain parts of the Montreal community, have an understanding of how the, the collective functions, I think it's that much easier for them to send an email and not have to think about putting together all the different steps in terms of organizing childcare themselves. And sometimes, for example, if no one from the collective or no childcare collective volunteers can make an event, a group will ask to still borrow some of our supplies so that some of their own volunteers or some of their own collective members can hang out with the kids and know that there's toys and games and they don't also have to try and run around and look for toys and games themselves. In terms of the weaknesses, I don't know. I mean, I guess it means that it's often the same people who end up doing childcare. We're always trying to get new people involved and people approach the collective on a semi-regular basis and ask if they can either volunteer or join the collective. I guess also, given the configuration of the collective at any given time, it's not always going to be possible to have folks either on the collective or who are childcare volunteers who necessarily like know a particular community or group or who feel like affinity or who are part of that community or group, which obviously is, is not critical, but sometimes it's, I think, an important thing to have people who also like identify with a given group if that's what the group is looking for. Again, most of us on the collective have some, if not quite a bit of experience working with kids, and I think that's mostly why people end up getting involved. But when new people approach 
and want to volunteer or county collective, for example, for the first several events that they do, we'll make sure that nobody's ever alone at that event. So if someone's just newly joined or they're newly volunteering, there's always a collective member or a longtime volunteer who will go along with that person, partially because we don't know them and we want to make sure that we can say that, okay, we can vouch for this person, sort of like trying to establish some kind of basic community safety or accountability without having to like formalize it too, too much. But then also like make sure that the person feels comfortable and, and is able to ask questions or get support in doing childcare if they need it. And also like from the flip side of it, so that whoever collective member there knows kind of like, okay, well, this person says they're comfortable and they seem comfortable. So maybe, you know, two events from now, they'll be able to do it by themselves. So we want to be able to say that we can vet for someone if someone were to ask us, but then also trying to skill share and promote the care-based skills or that kind of care so that there are more people who feel like they can do it or people who already are doing it can plug into the collective if they want to. So one of the big issues that comes to mind when thinking about doing this kind of work is how in mainstream society and and in many different kinds of radical and activist spaces as well, it's very gendered, uh, Mm -hmm. that it tends to be understood as work that women do, are supposed to do, are good at doing, or, Mm -hmm. you know, it gets framed in different ways. How does that play out and or how do you work against that in how the collective does its work? I think that's something that I definitely am not going to say that we have come up with any kind of solutions or answers to it, but it's definitely something that we keep in mind, I think, collectively, or I would like to say that we do. I hope that it's fair to say that we do. I think one really practical way is trying to get more male-identified or non-female-identified folks involved in the collective and involved in volunteering so that the work isn't always falling on female-identified people or women-identified people to do childcare work, because like you're saying, it is often a very gender thing. It often does fall on women-identified people to do that kind of work. So I think one way is just to reach out and say that directly and say this is work that's often expected to be done by women or women-identified people. So if there are male-identified or non-female-identified people out there who do this work and want to do this work and want to volunteer, like let us know kind of thing. And I think are just continuing to try and challenge those assumptions as we're doing the work and have those conversations with people, um, have those conversations with kids too. There often ends up being conversations about gender and about gender roles and stuff just by the nature of the fact that those messages are everywhere. So that's the kind of conversations that often come up in the context of hanging out with kids at a given event. A lot of the kids that we do end up hanging out with or who are at events or other things where, where childcare collective folks are doing childcare often tend to be kids with radical or at least non-mainstream parents. So often they've already had a lot of conversations or have heard a lot of stuff about challenging gender roles. So often that means that we're having conversations with kids who've already heard this stuff before and heard like, it's not about boys do this and girls do this and this kind of thing. It's about, you know, people can do whatever and also recognizing that sometimes people say this kind of thing about girls and sometimes people say this kind of thing about boys and so often when we're having those conversations we're starting from a place where kids have already been taught a lot of that stuff from their own parents or caregivers and so often it's a continuation of those conversations or it's response to questions that kids are asking again like already having heard some of those ideas and messages we also try and make sure that we have books and other similar things in the childcare supplies that we bring with us. So we have a couple of really awesome coloring books, actually, that are about gender roles and challenging gender roles and 
those have been super popular. Kids actually take those out all the time and, and color them and talk to us about it and stuff like this. Also trying to make sure that we're, we're being really honest with kids when they ask us questions. So, uh, you know, sometimes it'll come up with a particular volunteer. Like kids will be like, you know, are you a boy or a girl kind of thing? Someone who identifies however and trying to like have honest conversations with the kids and saying like, okay, well, what are you actually asking? Is that an okay question to ask people? Like trying to have a conversation versus shutting down those kinds of questions or shutting down questions in general, I guess. In terms of parents, I don't really know, to be honest. Like, I think, again, a lot of the parents and caregivers that we end up interacting with are operating from a more radical or non-mainstream standpoint, and, and so often that stuff doesn't come up in the context of at least the events that we usually do. I asked Edelman if the collective related to childcare not only as a question of accessibility for community and movement spaces, but also as a sort of prefigurative work, that is, work that was in part about enacting the sort of world, the sort of society that our communities and movements ultimately wish to create. I don't feel like I can speak for anyone else individually, but I think as a collective that is definitely part of the thinking that goes into stuff and goes into, I mean, the existence of the collective in general, but also how we try and go about structuring our work and structuring the collective and engaging with other collectives and groups within different parts of the community here. A lot of people get involved recognizing that childcare and I guess care work in general is about accessibility, but it's part of building communities. I know that's a phrase people throw around all the time and doesn't always mean much, but I think there's this recognition that it's crucial and wouldn't even make sense to think about structured things without having stuff like childcare. I mean, A, because kids are part of the communities in the same way that older folks are, and so there needs to be attention given to that. And I think space is made for kids the same way that spaces are made for folks who are older, who aren't kids. And also understanding that kids that are growing up in different parts of the community here are going to be doing a lot of the work that folks who are older are doing right now. And so I think working from that place is one major thing in terms of keeping in mind why childcare is important and why care work and, and making spaces for children. And I think also just understanding that if we want to beyond just making sure that parents can come through things. Like if, if, we're, if we're saying that that's a thing that we value collectively or if that's a thing that within different aspects of the communities here that we want to be ensuring that then it, it has to be put into practice. Like it's not enough to say childcare is important because of accessibility and making sure that parents and caregivers can come to events if we want that to be true and if we want parents and caregivers or people who are full-time responsible for kids to be able to come to stuff and, and their opinions to be valued and and there to be that space, and we also have to make it. We can't just say it. So one of the things that movements often face is a hostile response from the state in the form of cops or other agents of the state. And I don't know, at least as someone who doesn't live in Montreal, it seems that that's more true in Montreal than probably anywhere else in Canada. Yeah. Um, is that something that has ever complicated or interfered with the work of the Child Care Collective? I don't know that I can speak to every instance in my time of being involved in the child care collective and from what I've heard from other folks. I think we're fortunate in that it doesn't tend to happen all that often and doesn't tend to happen as a separate attack, I guess. So at least in what I can recollect, the times that the cops or the state or whatever have intervened or 
there not that long ago there was a demo and a march that was organized and there was a baby block so parents with mostly smaller kids but parents with kids and strollers and all this kind of stuff had all gotten together so that essentially there would be safety in numbers kind of thing and, and hopefully the cops would recognize that there were small children there and not harass the group both because of the context of the event and also because part of the march ended up converging with the parents and the kids and whatever like the cops ended up pepper spraying a bunch of parents and kids in this baby block which is you know obviously totally messed up in so many different kinds of ways but so, so things like that do happen again fortunately at least as far as i know and as far as i can recollect they don't happen frequently but it, it does happen what kinds of things do you want to further develop in terms of the work that the child care collective does one thing that we're always trying to get better at is programming for kids so right now the majority of what we do is providing a space for kids to hang out a space for kids and their caregivers to hang out having supplies having toys having games etc like doing kind of like the care work aspects but we don't always have the capacity or we aren't always organized enough to do our own programming or often we'll come up with ideas for like oh it would be great to put on a workshop about this for kids or it would be great to put on a workshop about this for kids and parents and caregivers kind of thing and i think we're slowly doing a bit more of that and again often it's a capacity issue and so if we have to choose between providing childcare and putting on an event which is providing childcare almost all the time. So I think one thing that we're trying to always work on is programming and creating like kid-specific events, especially if it's a bigger event, so it's not just the kids are going in a different room and play, but there's kind of like a, not simplified, but like kid version of whatever event is going on or something on the same themes or something where the kids get to tap into whatever thing at the moment is what the older folks are doing. And also trying to find ways to get more of our programming ideas or, or more of the directions from the kids that are part of the different communities here and that come to the events and take more of our direction from them as far as what kind of workshops they would like to see or what kind of activities they would like to do. And then also, I think just more skill sharing in general. We've been talking about trying to organize kind of like a introduction to doing childcare work workshops and promote it throughout the different parts of the community here so that people who are interested but maybe don't feel like they have a lot of experience doing care work could come and do a bit of skill sharing with folks who maybe feel like they do have a bit more experience. Similarly, we're hoping to talk with some of the folks around here who either work as nurses or medics or things like this and organize a first aid workshop that's specific to young kids and babies so that people feel like they maybe can feel better equipped to provide first aid or basic basic medical or emergency care to a small child or a baby. What kind of advice would you give to someone who lives in some other city and hears about this and thinks, yeah, that's a great idea. How can I make something like this happen in my town? Again, I don't want to say I can speak for anyone else or even speak for the collective. I guess basing it both on my understandings of how the collective got started up and also just what I've seen in my time on the collective, I would say one thing is to try and just check out who's already doing that work. So even if there's not officially a collective or, or a group about childcare or whatever in a given place, feel like who are the people that usually end up doing that? Who are the people that volunteer to do it? Are there people that tend to just sort of gravitate towards hanging out with kids at a meeting or at an event or something? Are there people who often end up doing paid or unpaid babysitting work for people they know, putting up posters or you know, sending email call-outs or things like this, trying to collect up like-minded folks, I guess? Another thing I think, and this is a thing that we definitely struggle with pretty constantly with the collective here, is, is just 
or in a lot of groups deal with that, whether they're doing childcare or other things, but I think that's definitely a thing that we sometimes do tend to underestimate the importance of, and so I think just keeping that in mind and figuring out how many people are available, how many people are consistently available, how frequently can we commit to saying that we will do childcare at events, what do we need from people organizing an event in order to be able to say that we're doing childcare, so how much notice do we need, how much information do we need, this kind of stuff. The collective here is also a working group of QPIRG Concordia, which QPIRG stands for the Quebec Public Interest Research Group. And so because we're a working group of QPIRG, we are fortunate to have a small budget, and that also makes a huge difference in terms of being able to purchase materials and supplies. Something else we've discussed we haven't really put into place, but something we've discussed on and off and we're trying to sort of figure out how to put into practice is the idea of having kind of like emergency childcare and to be able to pay whoever ends up doing that through our budget. So for example, you know, in the case of if someone's facing deportation and they need someone to take their kids for that night while they deal with stuff or other similar situations, someone has a health emergency and can't find someone else to look after their kids kind of thing. And so being able to like offer a bit of money to whatever volunteer or whatever person might end up taking that on as a recognition that care work often does go unpaid. But again, like I said, we're, we're very fortunate to have access to a bit of a budget. I guess not knowing the context necessarily in other places, I don't want to suggest that as a necessity, but it does help. It does make a difference. Even if there's not the energy or capacity or, or possibility of maintaining a collective in the same ways, even if folks just get people send out an email or, or check in with their friends or kind of like, I don't know, post something on Facebook, something like that and saying like, hey, I've been thinking about this or I'd really like to talk more with other people who do childcare or who like hanging out with kids so maybe all of us can get together and throw some ideas around kind of thing. Um, or even just having like a phone tree or, or I guess an email list or something so that even if it's not sort of like a full-time functioning collective kind of thing or even a part-time functioning collective that there's people who know how to get in touch with one another or resource list of folks that parents or caregivers of kids could get in touch with and say like, hey, I need to go to a meeting tonight. If I bring my kids, is there a possibility that, you know, the following three people that any of you could show up for two hours kind of thing? Generally, we're always interested in hearing from other people, other collectives, other groups, other communities, whether they're in Montreal or outside of Montreal, hearing new ideas, hearing how folks are doing stuff. You have been listening to my interview with Noah Edelman of the Montreal Child Care Collective. To learn more about their work, you can visit their website at childcarecollective.blogspot.ca. That's all one word, childcarecollective.blogspot.ca. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, or to make suggestions about topics for future shows, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link marked Radio. That's TalkingRadical.ca. I'm your host, Scott Nye, a writer and media producer based in Sudbury, Ontario, and the author of two books of Canadian history told through the stories of activists, Gender and Sexuality, and Resisting the State, both from Fernwood Publishing. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week. Thank you.